Gentlemen, this is a fun interview with my good friend Max Fulham. He's a UK ventriloquist, and it's really neat to see, you know, he's in his 20s, I'm in mine, Jeff Goltz, Peter Michaels Jr. It's so neat to see all of us working in different areas of the world, doing ventriloquism, and and paving this career for ourselves. And we all have our own style of it, and it's just so neat to be able to collaborate and chat with, with good friends like this that are, are growing in the art. We all are, and it's just such a neat experience. I hope you enjoyed this interview. I did. I actually went over and watched it recently because I enjoyed it so much when I filmed it. So enjoy this chat with Max Fulham. And after this episode, we are on to season two of Land and Live. Oh yeah, baby! Hello and welcome to Landon Live. My name is Landon Harvey, and today we have the hilarious Max Fulham. Max, how are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you, Landon. Thanks for having me. Oh, well, thank you for being on. So you made quite the impression at the convention, the ventriloquist convention last year. Could you ta talk a little bit about yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely. It was it was an amazing thing to go to because I've been watching videos of it and looking at pictures and always seeing people's videos of the dealer's rooms and, oh, my goodness, so many puppets. Um, yeah. So I, I'd be, I've been looking at that for years and going, oh, one day I might be able to go there. And then the brilliant, the brilliant, brilliant, brilliant Al Gettler um, started the ball rolling with not only – um me me going out there but me coming out and actually performing on the international show which was unbelievable and beyond what i'd expected i just thought oh i'll, I'll go there i'll go there one year um but yeah, yeah i got to i got to perform as well uh and it was it was very strange seeing so many familiar faces from facebook um, wow. and from previous convention videos i'd seen of oh my goodness it's it's i could touch them i'm not going to but i could touch them um yeah. And then the, the performance was one of the, the most surreal and best of my life so far, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. And I, I heard that Ron Lucas had to, had to go on <laughs> after you. <laughs> yeah. So Steve-O, who wonderfully compares, um, uh -huh. he, was, he was chatting to me and Ron Lucas turned up uh, on, on the day of that show. And oh, my God, Ron Lucas. Amazing. Uh, mm -hmm. And Steve had an idea that we could we could get Ron to go on at the end as a surprise at the end of the international show. And right. I thought that was a fantastic idea um, because Ron Lucas. So yeah. um, Ron had given me a little gag, something to do with states that I can't remember and didn't understand. Um, but uh, he'd given me a little gag to introduce him and get him on. And the guise was um, that Steve would say, oh, Max, have you got any more you could do? And I'd say, no, but maybe I could give someone new a chance. You know, this person I, I've met at the convention, they're, they're doing some nice work. They're up and coming, blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, yeah. Ron Lucas walks out. Um, the, the, the thing I hadn't taken into consideration was that the audience would be so lovely at the convention that they'd stand up at the end of my act. And so it made it a bit awkward. <laughs> <laughs> because I was like, oh, thank you so much. And then Steve-O was like, do you have any more? And the audience were like, yes, do you have any more? And I was like, no, no, I don't. Um, I've given you everything. Um, but here's Ron Lucas. And it was it was still an amazing surprise. And, you know, to have Ron Lucas walk out on the same stage as you, never mind get to introduce him. That was that was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. I've, I've talked to multiple, I wasn't able to make it last year, but I've talked to multiple people that said you killed. And, uh, of course you shared a little bit of, uh, uh, 
your performance within the video that you had on the virtual ventriloquism variety show. Yes. And uh, that was just hilarious. I, I love that joke. And you'd said that you tried it other places and it didn't work as well. Um, and I didn't yeah. realize you were serious about that. <laughs> well, um, yeah, it was it was a gag I came up with for the convention. So when I said yeah. that at the convention, it was a little lie as in, oh, I've tried this at other places, but no one else gets it. Um, yeah. But I have, I have done it since at, well, as you saw in the showreel, that wasn't at the convention. That was at a different yeah. convention, actually. That was the Blackpool Magic Convention. So the largest okay. magic convention in the world. And oh. I was like, I think, I think they'll have enough understanding event because it's mm. an, an allied art. Um, I yeah. think they'll have enough understanding that I can, I can do this gag. And it, it did work there, but obviously not as well as it did at the convention. And, oh, it was so funny. It made me laugh so much when that got such a laugh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's, a, it's a great space too. Cause there's, I mean, everyone's packed in and when you hear a laugh, it, you, it, it's a wave over. You, oh my so. goodness. I miss the, the, the sense of having people packed together and laughing because it's the best sort of laughter because yeah, mm -hmm. you do, you hear you hear jokes and you watch them land in different places and spread and it's wonderful you see a joke land with with trish and laurie over there and and then and then spread <laughs> throughout the room <laughs> yeah 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 it's great wow that's phenomenal how'd you get into ventriloquism how did i get into ventriloquism um my parents bought me a puppet for christmas one year mm. uh i was i think we I we're saying I was nine years old. That's when we think it was. I think it was not. Yeah, I was nine years old for Christmas. Parents bought me a puppet. I think I must have shown an interest in like little hand puppets or something. And they bought me uh, a puppet by Living Puppets German Company. They do, you know, they're, they're toys, but they're lovely puppets. I mean, right. it's the same same makers. Uh, Terry Fater's first Emma, what he did on AGT. That that sort okay. of look to it. The yeah. the big the big mouth. Um, mm ones so that was that was my first puppet it was a little puppet called ben which is a stupid name to give your first puppet as a ventriloquist um looking back hindsight is a wonderful thing yeah yeah. Uh, yeah great work max uh you've fallen at the first hurdle um yeah so i was given that and i became completely obsessed basically and i you know we're of the age where we can't say that oh we saw some we saw some great ventriloquist on this beautiful ornate stage we say so posing on youtube uh, yeah. And that that is, you know, I saw people like Ron Lucas uh, doing like Scorch on Letterman or something like that. Mm. Uh, I would just type in Ventriloquist into YouTube and just watch as much as I can. So I discovered it and I went, oh, I, I like this. I like this. I'll, I'll, and in that childlike way, I went, I'll do it. Uh, so I, I, I did. I just, I, I taught myself, uh, practiced, and uh, I, I suppose it went from a stage where I was bad and like aunties would say, oh, that was very good um to the point where i became fairly good at it and the compliments became genuine yeah uh, what was that i mean did you ever were your family did they ever just think oh this is just a passing thing that he's just picking up right I now mean, well I, I would assume that my parents when i was nine years old they thought mm -hmm. oh what a lovely little toy we're buying him for christmas they did not think oh what a lovely career we're buying <laughs> him for christmas um yeah, yeah it was uh I'd, I'd always been sort of performery uh, which in itself is a bit strange because my family are not a performing family at all. Uh, so I'd always been into magic and like my first thing was dance. Not that you could tell now, but um, yeah, that, that was my, that was one of my first things. So I'd always done like sort of musical theater. Have magic. you integrated that within your show? <laughs> oh yeah. I have a full 45 minute interpretive dance section uh, in the middle oh, of my show. 
Uh, it's, oh, it's beautiful. It represents um, uh, peace and oh, conflict in society under political regimes. Yeah, it's, it's really deep. I love that. Um, so you do an hour of ventriloquist show, but it's actually 45 minutes of dance, and then the rest is just... Oh, yes. It's about, it's about five <laughs> minutes event once once I've stopped panting after yeah. the dance. Yeah. Very awesome. <laughs> well, I'm curious, what was the environment like growing up in the UK as a comic and vent act? Oh, it's very difficult. Everyone hated vents. I get rocks chucked at me in the street. Um, no, uh, it was... It was, uh, it was, it's always been interesting and it, it always is because um, you say, oh, I'm a ventriloquist and people go, what, what? Um, which is universal really, because it's not mm -hmm. a job that people have and we have it as a job. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the environment was very supportive for me. I was very lucky to have, you know, supportive parents and family and a, and a brother who I'd annoy with it. And, um, and then I would do school talent shows and stuff and I'd get a, a hit from that. I'd always loved entertaining. And so it was always, it was always driven from a point of me making people laugh. So it was, it was fairly supportive because I was for the most part succeeding in uh, making people enjoy what I do, which is uh, a good thing I've uh, yeah. discovered. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Uh, we have Dale Brown. Uh, he's joined the chat. He said the words Gettler and brilliant have never been used in the same sense before. <laughs> Uh, they are my favorite pair. Uh, love it. We need to get them in like Tweedledum and Tweedledee outfits at the convention. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you've also performed in a lot of pantomimes. Talk about that. Yeah. So um, for our international viewers, uh, mm -hmm. Mr. Worldwide here and um, yeah. pantomime does not mean the same thing as it does in the United States of America, mm -hmm. uh, which I believe it does mean man with a white painted face doing all this nonsense yeah. um but um over here it's a traditional family christmas show uh which usually takes on a famous story like snow white jack and the beanstalk cinderella dick whittington which i don't think you have over there um peter pan sometimes as well uh mm -hmm. has sort of those set stories and then it's uh, a bonkers a bonkers version of that with uh, uh, a man playing uh, a woman called, who's known as the Dame, uh, sort of very over-the-top uh, female motherly character. Mm. Um, and then you've got the comic. It, it's it's quite it's very traditional. You know, they've been going on since like the 1700s sure. uh, in, in some form, um, mm. which uh, does that even – does that outdate the United States? I don't know. Um, but um, – <laughs> Uh, it, it, there's that you can see similarities between that and what's called uh, commedia dell'arte, which is an, an old Italian, like an ancient Italian uh, art form. So there was the comic, there was you know the the, the emperor or the king, there was the the damsel in distress. You had mm -hmm. those sorts of roles, and it, it follows that fairy tale sort of pattern. But yeah, I usually play the comic. Um, I've been doing them for three years now, so I've okay. only done Aladdin actually every year. It's been Aladdin, mm -hmm. but that's my favorite one to do. So uh, wow. have there always been? Have they? always had a ventriloquist as a comic or is that something uh, more recent because no not at all so um it's not like we we must find a ventriloquist for for this for this uh for this comic role because there's not enough to go around um there are far there you know there are hundreds of pantos going on uh amateur and professional around around the uk uh but uh ventriloquists have been involved with panto you know for a long time 
because as things became so celebrities appear in pantomimes that usually have names to draw people in so it, it's 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 not it doesn't take itself seriously it's a very self-acknowledging no fourth wall it's all with the audience so it has that sort of feel wow. of a variety show so variety acts have always slotted into it whether it be gymnasts uh jugglers uh special acts you know like vent ventriloquists so you've got you've got all sorts keith harris uh will with orville and cuddles he he'd yeah. He was a he was a big he was a big star of Panto, um, but yeah, ventriloquists have been doing it for a long time and still do. You know, Paul Zerdin uh, has for the last few years taken uh, centre stage at the Palladium, uh, which is you know an incredibly famous theatre in London. I've been doing various venues uh, in Panto and uh, a, I mean a good few other ventriloquists mm -hmm. as well. Wow, and and you had uh, your photo on a bus or a cab or something, didn't you? <laughs> Yeah, so um, neat. I mean, did you expect to see that, or was bizarre. it bizarre? Like I didn't expect to see that at all. Yeah. Um, so the the Christmas just gone, the panto I did was with um, Kudos, who are the biggest pantomime company in the oh. world, mm -hmm. and so it, it's a big deal. They're they're huge production shows. They look stunning, and they 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 really are spectacular. And so I was with um, uh, Christopher Biggins was our dame, so he played my mum. He's a he's a he's a big name over here. Okay. Um, and is sort of known for being a pantomime dame. So he's been doing panto dame for a long time. And, it, you know, it's quite prestigious in that sense. But mm -hmm. the advertising for this not only involved my face in a massive, in a massive way across the front of this theater, but uh, on the train barriers. Um, and basically they, the, the, the staff at the theater said, mm -hmm. oh, you we might have the poster on a bus. And I said, my face will not be on a bus. And they went, we think it will be. And I went, well, if you do get on a bus, I'll buy a massive jar of sweets for you and the team. And then lo and behold, I got a tweet from the theater saying, uh, you owe us some sweets because oh, there hilarious. was my face on a bus. And it was bizarre, totally yeah. bizarre. So neat. Was there anything that you learned in that panto that you take and use as a performer today? Oh, my goodness. Panto is almost the place to learn uh, mm. because you're doing two shows a day for a month, uh, if not, if not like six weeks. So mm. um, how spaced out are those in the day? Those two oh, shows? you'll, you'll do uh, we, like, uh, the Christmas just gone. We were doing a one and a five was our most usual okay. thing. So, you know, you do the show at one, you finish at maybe like half three, four ish. And then you, you reset, maybe have a bit of dinner and you reset your props. Well, in my case, you reset all your props and then you go again. Uh, and that is uh, six days a week for mm. a month to like six weeks. So I think the year before that, I did 64 shows um, and some th some three show days. So we'll do uh, three shows, which is it, it's an intense period. But you learn a heck of a lot because you you, you know, I'm doing my act twice a day for a month. So not only do I learn stuff about my own act, I learn stuff about the craft, um, learn stuff from other performers because I get to work in a cast and not be a lonely ventriloquist for one, yeah. uh, which is beautiful. So and it's, actually, it's actually your material that you wrote. It's not part of a script with the other thing. So uh, it's sort of a mixture of both. So I'll, I'll, I'll usually appear in scenes without a puppet, which I do actually quite like. It's like, oh, yeah. I have two hands. Look at them. Like, um, yeah. Look, look at both, both of them. I have both. Um, look, you can and... acknowledge me now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
so the year before last, there was a big what's called a slosh scene, which is very slapstick and very messy. So, uh, you know, I wasn't with a puppet for that one. But, you know, I got covered head to toe in gunge and I was sliding around the stage and it was mad, absolute madness. It involved a, a quick change shower mid show. It, it, you know, it's mad. But, um, yeah, yeah you, le- you learn a heck of a lot because you're with other people and you're often with uh very experienced professionals um you learn a lot about audience stuff because you're constantly uh, referencing the audience it's a very interactive show you know the kids mm-hmm. and the adults everyone is is shouting out and stuff so it's it's a massive learning a learning ground and I've, ever since the first one i did you know i've always wanted to be a part of pantom and that first one i did i went wow this is this is something else and i've been hooked that's phenomenal that's really neat. have you ever it's gotten really any cool. character ideas from it or Anything like that? Um, inspiration or maybe written new lines while you're uh, oh yeah lines do mm. lines do develop so uh the year before last when I was in a, a an independent production so the theater produced their own panto uh, in mm. Cambridge which was it was just such a lovely a lovely atmosphere um but you know things evolve so something will go wrong one day Say, for example, in that slipping and sliding scene, I get stuck in the washing machine. I know this makes no sense, but I'd get stuck in the washing machine. Yeah. Um, we then, me, me and the dame who were in that scene, we go, that got a really good reaction. Let's play that and keep that in. So there are some, Pan- Panto does have things go wrong, and sometimes they do genuinely go wrong, but sometimes okay. you have plan- planned ad-libs and that sort of thing, and they take the house down. And that is actually a- another thing I've I've learned how to do. I've had to learn how to ad lib and have Mm. something go wrong and play it for real every single performance especially in the last one i did just did there was a a scripted routine with three of us Mm -hmm. where um we'd be doing a tongue twister and i had to muck up the tongue twister and accidentally say a rude or just about say a rude word but i had to play that for real every single show and you get halfway through and you go how do i how do i do this again and how do i make this seem fresh and for the first time and genuine right um and the the sort of the way you know is when audiences walk out and go, oh my goodness! Well, actually, the time we went to see it, we got to see him do. Um, he actually mucked up when we went to see it, and they go out feeling like they've seen something special, which is so sure. nice. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Uh, Bob Ramba is here with us. He he's commenting. Yay. Do people still talk about Norman Wisdom. Yeah, people still talk about Norman Wisdom. Not um, not in everyday life. It's not like a greeting we use. Uh, Norman Wisdom to you, but. Um, yeah, Norman Wisdom's a, a huge, a huge name, and was a massive star of Panto. Great comedian, yeah, good. It's great. Um, can you share how you decide to add a character and to write for one? Oh, it's really interesting because I saw. I, I feel like I don't obey the rules. Okay. Um, when it comes, I feel like there's my method is probably not frowned upon, but mm-hmm. it's it's not it's not the oh I've had a great idea for a. For a character, I've written a fantastic routine. I'm now going to have that puppet made uh, because this started as a play thing for me. And okay. I'm only still just sort of getting out of this period where I have a, an idea for a character and I go, oh, well, I'll have that made. That'd be a really good character. I can see how that would work. Yeah. Uh, it's still been a case of me going, I want that puppet and then buying that puppet and then trying to use that puppet. Yeah. Yeah. So I, because think, I'm, I think a lot of people can relate to that, even even people oh, that just buy puppets. We, so. We've all got cupboards full of puppets. And, you yeah. know, you're, I mean, I'm immensely jealous of you because you can make your imagination come true, uh, which <laughs> is which is very good. But, you know, like my, I've got my granddad here. I will, mm-hmm. I will get him out. 
Oh yeah, we'll make it a full screen on you. Here we go. Yeah, full screen on me. Look at that professional backdrop there. Look at that. That's wonderful, isn't it? Where it just cuts off there. That's um <laughs> that's that's no expense spent on that. Um right, let's get you up here. This is awkward. Yeah, it's it's a bit of an awkward, bit of an awkward angle you you perch there. All right. Yeah. Land and live. Land and live. No difficult letters in that. No, not at all. That's really, really good. Yeah. Reflecting on my glasses, that light. Yeah, is a bit. Yeah. Uh, but this is my granddad puppet. Uh, I bought I bought him uh, when I saw him and I liked him. And um, stop touching me. Um, uh, that's, uh, yeah, I bought him. Let me get him thrown. Yeah. Um, bought him and I loved him. And then I wanted to develop... Uh, develop him into a character and he's become my granddad and in the last few years he's really come into his own and we've really worked on making it an actual like a proper uh grandson uh granddad relationship which has been quite sweet uh wow how yeah. is, how is that i uh, you know develop for you because that that can mean anything really it's just based off of the well, character yeah, so so my my manager noticed i was i was you know getting quite angry at my granddad because i had that classic thing of uh ventriloquist tries to do something puppet forth. derails right. it ventriloquist yeah. tries to do something puppet derails it um yeah um look at that auto alive it's great isn't it <laughs> didn't even have to shell out a grand um and basically uh so we wanted to develop something that was more that was more real and a bit more sincere i mean he mm -hmm. already wears what were my genuinely my granddad's um so that's um that's uh well it's weird isn't it yeah it's, it's a bit weird um but <laughs> um so we, we've we've worked on having him uh having moments where it's more uh it's sweeter basically it's sweeter i i care for him a bit more um and he's sort of uh, a naughty granddad who, ha who has a bad had a bad influence on me mm -hmm. um and, uh, and i'm working on a quick change act what well, I'm working on a quick change act. Right. So, <laughs> working on a, working, add, add a bit of magic to the thing. Yeah, yeah, working. Do you want to see it? Yeah, yeah, right, I'll see it. All right, watch this. All right, watch this. Okay. <laughs> watch, right, watch. Quick change. Like All right. those ones you've seen. Okay, right, right, fab. Three, two, one, go. All right, granddad, have you, have you done it? I'm nearly done. All right, come back up here. No, I'm not ready. No, come back up here. I'm not ready. Oh, he's not. He's not ready. <laughs> um, anyway, that's my granddad. Um, yeah. So I bought I bought him off the shelf and then developed the character from there really. And that that's I mean wow. the, the my monkey who I use is my main sort of panto character because mm. he's really like my family character. Really was great he, with kids. Was he created for uh, panto? Well, no. Again, he was one of my first puppets. He was okay. like the Christmas. He was like the Christmas after my first puppet. He was mm -hmm. this. I, I went looking for this specific monkey puppet I'd seen on TV, mm -hmm. and because I used to type puppet into Google and go to like page a hundred, what going to every website because I was yeah. obsessed. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm 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 fine now. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I found this puppet and asked for it for Christmas. It arrived and. I, I actually used the, the first edition in my first panto. And then for the second one, I went, I think I need something a bit more professional that's not made in China and has a uh, a rubber plastic face. Uh, yeah. So I had a wonderful maker called Chris Kendall work on my monkey. And so now I have a, a beautiful monkey who I have my second edition of as well. So I have I have two of them 
wow. which is which is which is great. I mean, that that's an amazing thing. I really felt professional when my my first like update of a character, my first custom uh, professionally made update of a character came through. That was a that was yeah. a big moment. So sometimes sometimes it comes with that in buying. I do like to experiment in terms of buy the cheap puppet, see mm -hmm. if it works, and then you can have it made if it really does work. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it does vary for me. Sometimes, uh, for example, nowadays, I sometimes do have an idea for a character and then get it made, which feels very professional. It really does. Um, like I decided, oh, I want to put a bit of like, I want to put a little bit of cheeky little bit of political humor into my shows. I was thinking, mm -hmm. oh, I want to put a little bit of cheeky little political humor into my shows and i thought i will get a puppet of our prime minister made now our prime minister at the time was theresa may uh mm -hmm. so this was just before uh, boris johnson and okay. uh, i i sent off and i had this uh theresa may puppet designed and i thought oh this is original this is gonna be good this is gonna be really good and uh she she arrived um on the day on the day that theresa may resigned so that was um money well spent uh anyway yeah <laughs> wow satire yeah. you have to move move with the times uh but uh yeah I, I don't know what i can adapt her into i think she's just gonna have to be an outdated prime minister character Mm -hmm. um she's she's her, she's terrifying she's terrifying well, well that's that's hilarious um so your so your writing process for these characters just depends on how long how much you how long you spend with them each <laughs> each <laughs> each sorry each show you do and just watching the character evolve working on the uh the material between you two trying to vary from the the typical what is expected of a ventriloquist and what's kind of been done and already out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I obviously I started off with a fairly basic routine. And, you know, my granddad still does follow some of those things. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you've got an old man puppet. Yeah, I know. Got an old man, an old man puppet. Yeah, no one else does. Shut up. Um, but uh, you know, I do, I like to tackle the tropes as well. Like with the mm -hmm. phone gag that we, we talked about briefly at the start. I, yeah. I like to tackle those tropes head on, especially when they're well known, but it's even funnier to me when I have to perform them for a group with a specialist knowledge who go, Oh my God, that's really funny, but it will not work outside this room. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it comes a case of sometimes I go, right, I need a new routine for this bounce about concepts for routines. And I will, you know, sit down and write or work with someone on that. Um, and then sometimes it happens organically. I think it's, I'm still discovering my writing process, I feel. Um, and at the moment, you know, seeing productive people on the internet is the worst. People doing flipping yoga on their Instagram stories. Um, yeah. And you just, you know, I'm sat on the sofa eating crisps going, how do you do funny? Um, <laughs> and you sometimes forget, I mean, you know, I'm really admiring your output. You're putting out so many things like uh, your TikToks are coming out at a rate of knots and you've, you've now got such a following that you're oh, able to bounce you their comments and that that's a mm -hmm. really fantastic thing you've got going there but your your gag rate with stuff like views news as well you're right you're writing gags and that's that's such oh, a great thing which i'm you know still finding my feet with gag writing because i tend to go for uh stuff that is very stupid mm -hmm. but you know there's an audience for everything and and i'm curious i want to i want you to talk a little bit about a little, little words are hard a little bit about that um how it varies when you write a sketch a comedy uh, like a you know something you post on youtube or maybe you know, your facebook page versus when you're writing for your own vent act does the writing process differ 
Um, are you able to do ideas that you wouldn't be able to do on stage? How, what's your approach to that? Oh, yeah, totally. Um, I mean, I did, you know, the, we'll probably talk a bit more later about the the stupid series I did at the start of uh, the start of all this lockdown uh, called Drivel Peddler. Um, Drivel Peddler, yes. Yeah. Um, and that was that was sort of ideas that I'd had for ages that I knew I couldn't translate to stage, as well as some ideas that I just wanted to do, and mm. ideas that were too weird for my for my the mainstream gigs I was doing. Like I was like, oh, they they won't appreciate this because it's a bit strange. Um, you know, and I'd, I'd been wanting to do a series like that for about a year. And so then the world stopped and I went, well, do you know, this is actually really convenient. Uh, <laughs> but no, all the work was cancelled. So I thought I might as well do something. Uh, but yeah, right. so sketch writing is I do. I do like doing little sketches online. And usually that comes from a concept. Sometimes I'll script it fairly heavily. Other mm -hmm. times I'll do predominantly. I tend to just do takes wild and just improv um and then and then i'll have my vague skeleton and improv around that and then if i go oh that was really good instead of cutting that together i will then do another take and add in what i wanted to do um yeah so it's, it's definitely a different process and i'm getting a lot more used to that because i've done a lot of video content uh over the the lockdown for for both my own release and for jobs as well yeah so it, it's been a it's been a bit of a learning curve learning how to do all this technological stuff as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But it's to get a great way to stay in the loop and show people that you're still there and still alive. Isn't and it? Yeah. You sort of have to keep your, your profile going. And also it was the, you know, as, as egotistical as it is, Mm -hmm. the likes are the only way we even feel something vaguely similar to applause and get that, that little bit of, Oh, I, I, I remember that. And also, yeah when you when you when you just lose your your this is not this is not me keeping it light but when you just lose your funny you know like in the middle of lockdown me just sitting there going i just uh, what well, uh, i just shall i just not shall i just not do this i just get a job at a supermarket and make people laugh at the till uh because that i mean people will laugh more when <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah it's the tears of a clown it really is yeah. they'll make a movie about it someday they won't <laughs> it's boring um but but yeah it's it's that mm. sort of thing it's it's when you lose your funny sometimes posting a video on social media as well as for the cynical reasons of keeping your profile up sometimes it is an organic thing igniting that passion you felt at the start and entertaining people uh in as sappy a way as that as that sounds well and you're killing it on instagram too with your uh your <laughs> the misspelling bee yes uh mm -hmm. the the misspelling bee that was an idea i had and thought would last approximately one week but i have currently <laughs> been doing it for about ten thousand weeks um wow. and basically i uh, <laughs> i say a word and people mm -hmm. have to spell that word but the the right answer is not allowed um uh, that's 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 the gist of it. People just have to spell it wrong, and then I'll read out their answers in in ludicrous rays, and we, we blah, blah, blah blah, and that we get you know we get some hilarious answers, and it's great. People are so funny, and then we announce the winners at the end. And of course, because it is the misspelling B, mm -hmm. the, the loose tie to this next concept, the misspelling B. If you do spell the word correctly, then that will summon a plague of bees. Yes, all together now we know the words. Um, but yeah, it will summon a plague of uh, be. Oh, oh no! Oh no! Oh no! This, See what you know. This is. Look what. Look what. I hope. I hope you're happy now. Um, look what you've done. 
look at that look oh god would you would you like to introduce yourself yes you would yes on the gizzy gizzy what on the gizzy gizzy sorry on the gizzy gizzy yeah gizzy gizzy busy busy big 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 on a wasp he's a wasp uh that joke for some reason works but also for ventriloquists, they go, yeah. ha ha, hold on, wasp is also really difficult to say. <laughs> it, it's like, ha ha, huh? Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> here in the chat, we have Al Gettler uh, joined us. And I don't think he was here earlier or he would have responded to Dale Brown's comment. But welcome, Al. He said, Max is uh, killing it. One of the most, uh, one of the most quote, quote, most likely to succeed in my book. Incredible talent and, uh, that studies very hard and works harder. I agree. Stacey wow. Michael Thank you, Al. Great talent. Lori Bruner said, Max, you're so creative and absolutely hilarious. And then Peter Michaels Jr. actually sent in some <laughs> advice for you, Max. He said, you should put on a mask and talk about how easy it is to do it with a mask on. <laughs> I'd love, you know, that's such an original idea. I hope you, I hope you capitalize on that before anyone else. I will run, I will run with that because uh, I think if I see, just between me and you, I don't think anyone else is doing that. I don't think anyone else is doing that that little cartoon on Facebook with me of that, that ventriloquist with the mask on. (laughs) Well, yeah, now that lockdown has eased, uh, if anyone else does, uh, you know, I will be visiting your house personally uh, and uh, (laughs) throttling you um no it's uh, no it's fine it's fine <laughs> but yeah it, it and yeah that, that those occasionally come around that's the thing we, because ventriloquism is such a unique thing to do whenever mm. people who know you see something vaguely related to vent it's so sweet but they do have the tendency to tag you in everything and yeah. send everything to you but it, it no it's lovely it is and you know i was doing i was doing a mask a, a gag with a mask in february before mm. this became a thing where everyone had died. Mm. Um, and I thought, you know, that's that's fine. But then when it got to March, I was like, this just feels a bit insensitive now. It just feels a bit... And also, everyone's doing it and it's a meme now. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Pete. Uh, <laughs> Mike Palmer joined. He, he's asking, Max, do you write all your material or do you have help? Uh, so I do, uh, in the early days, my, my dad would write the occasional line. Uh, and, you know, one of his lines is still very much in the act. Um, he's he's very funny. Um, yeah, I've, I've come up with the, the vast majority myself. But my manager now, uh, Hillary, who is brilliant and she, she's been a she's been a comedian and impressionist for for years now. And she has a vast amount of experience. So we we're very much we do we do collaborate on stuff like that in terms of we will bounce ideas off each other and when we need to write say for a specific project or for mm. a gig where we need to put a bit of uh, either like custom branding or uh, something like that in there we'll we'll work uh, pretty heavily on developing something custom for that but yeah we, we do bounce ideas off each other because we have a similar sense of humor i mean anything whenever we're <laughs> whenever we have a meeting we end mm. up hysterically laughing which is a, a wonderful which is a wonderful situation to be in but yeah i mean the, the most part of course, I have the sort of last say of, of what goes in the act, but I do have the occasional bit of collaboration. But I'm I can't yet afford a team of writers. I can't yet afford that. No. Yeah. 
Well, there are a few other events uh, in the UK. Do you guys ever meet up or hang out or or uh, every Thursday? Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> no. Um, uh, yeah. Well, it's sort of when we when we do bump into each other. I know there's been mm-hmm. things like Ventorama, which was sort of like a, a event meetup in the UK, which I uh, I went to uh, managed to get to once. Um, but yeah, it's there's there's not as big a f- thing as the convention obviously the convention is the the mecca it mm. is uh for for vent it really is um but yeah i mean i, I it's it's good to know the 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 vents in the uk all the all the way from the brilliant children's entertainers who use vent in the uk um to people like uh the wonderful steve hewlett who's who's been so supportive of me right from the very beginning and it's it's great to see him supporting um nick uh, nicholas bushi so much now He's, you know, that yeah. that's just wonderful. Uh, Steve is such a caring guy and really cares about the art, as well as being knowledgeable and funny and good at his job. He really cares about the art and progressing it. And so good on him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's he's very, very nice guy. Uh, we I had an interview with Steve and he's... Yes, it was so great. Fascinating to hear his story. Um, what is one of your best show memories and one of your craziest show memories? I love the suspense, the glass of water runs. That's great. Um, oh, no, it's good, isn't it? It's like a job interview. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the best and worst performance memories I've had. Yeah. Um uh I would say the 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 best is well, I've got a few highlights. Uh the convention is genuinely one of my highlights and it is, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a it's a it sounds completely stupid to say this, but when people, I did, I wasn't expecting people to stand up. I mean, I was, I was having so much fun myself. I almost forgot I was doing a job. Um, I was, I was very much like I was just having the time of my life. The people, I felt like I, I felt like we were all together, just having a, a really good time, which is my favorite audience dynamic, and it's similar to Panto, where mm-hmm. you've got everyone there. It's not like a musical theatre performer standing on stage, looking out into the distance, singing, uh, audience performer it's variety and vent uh, has this wonderful thing of bringing everyone together and it's like come along we'll have a lot of fun so the vent the convention was just a blast in every way and when people stood up i did get a, a little lump in my throat um because uh, i'm a big softy uh but uh my first tv appearance was uh a dream come true it was the most incredible day um to appear on uh cbbc it was it was unbelievable and especially on a show it was called crackerjack and it was a show that they brought back and brilliantly usually when they revive things it's a bit like oh yeah. but they'd done such a good job of this and it was like variety acts on every week being like exposing kids to variety again it was oh, it was wonderful uh to be a part of that and then never mind to get my own my own first proper spot on tv and to watch that in in my living room and see my actual self knowing what it felt yeah. like to to be to be in that rather than just watching it externally was the difference of perspective must have been really neat it's a, to bit, the... it's a bit strange yeah and yeah. it was such a special occasion we we invited a rather eclectic bunch of people around we had um everyone from like uh friends uh family friends we even invited like my, a few old teachers who had been supportive to me around so it was a really weird bunch of people in my in my front room but uh yeah. it was the most it was a lovely evening it really was yeah wow oh That's... worst worst yes. that was it <laughs> how could i forget that um worst gig um i haven't 
I'm very lucky. I haven't had loads of terrible, terrible gigs. Or maybe uh, something, was... something happened that was weird out of blue or something crazy. Oh, we got all of those. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, There was one panther where the, the street that the theatre was on had a power cut, so we all went to the pub. Um, no, we didn't. We, we sat in silence and cried. Um, but um, So we had a show cancel, which was tough. Um, what else? I had uh, my, my granddad was flirting with a woman. Um, Again, it's an original routine structure. Someone to try it. Your character um, in your show, your your character granddad. Yeah, yes, my yeah. character granddad. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I hadn't just brought my granddad along and went. Um, whilst I'm doing the act, could you just sort of be a bit weird with the way the women? Um, and uh, you know, it was a decent decent way up onto stage. It was a it was a ra- it's a raised stage. It was a stage, right. and uh, you know, he he said, uh, give us a kiss as a joke, and I I, dra- I drag him back, and so, you know that that's not that's not that's not hashtag me too. No, that's not. Um, I don't say that. Um, and yeah. she she was a woman of of a of a fair age, and so I did to climb up onto the stage and come and give him a kiss, um, which was uh, so stage invasion is a, is always a yeah. good one. A stage yeah. invasion is a is a really good one, and um, I then I then think I think back to the the probably the weirdest gigs I've done. Uh, it's probably in the early days when I did, uh, as well as uh, kids' parties and uh, f- family events, I also did uh, old people's homes. Okay. And uh, I, I loved them for the most part. Mm-hmm. I No, I did. Don't get me wrong. I loved them. Yeah. But there was the occasional one, which was a little bit weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the one that sticks out in my mind was doing the Dementia Awards Christmas Party. Oh, wow. uh, now, this is obviously a very sensitive situation uh, because it was, you know, I walk into a room, I was 16 maybe, uh, and there are old people with their families. And as I'm setting up, yeah. it's it's Christmas. The old people are with their families. And as I'm setting up, some of them are saying, are you taking me home? And it's just the most like joyless situation. It's so terribly sad. So I was like, you know, when you have to really psych yourself up for a gig in a situation that isn't ideal. Yeah. Um, but they'd set, they went, oh, there's your performance space. And I went, where? And they went, oh, just there. And I went, so where are you talking about? There is nowhere here that I can perform. <laughs> no, literally. Um, so I had about a meter squared um, and I was right beside the the doorway to the, the residence rooms. Uh, now, obviously... Uh, with people who maybe uh, aren't as sharp as they used to be, um, mm. conventions of a show don't always apply as well. So mm. you know, I'm, I'm doing my thing, doing my show, doing my show. It's it's going great. I must tell you, it's going great. Mm. Uh, don't want to brag, but um, then we have uh, a woman with a Zimmer frame begin to uh, very slowly. Now, when I say very slowly, I mean like we're talking. She's she's already going slowly, but she's been. Uh, slowed down by the settings on youtube to like 0.1 of the speed of a human (laughs) so she's like she's like going zimmer down one step two step zimmer down one step two step and i'm going where's she off to where's she where you where you hey beryl where you going where you off to babes where you off to uh turns out she's gonna go to her room uh i am in front of the doorway so i'm going cool okay this is wonderful keep going with the act i've got a got a bird puppet on my arm at this point Mm -hmm. 
uh, on my stand, on the stand, bird puppet on the stand. You can visualize it, the power of imagination. And Beryl's getting closer. Beryl's getting closer now. She really is gaining on me. And um, so I have to uh, mid-act, and I keep going because I was 16 and clueless, uh, Mm -hmm. tilt my stand, just tilt, really tilting at this point, just tilt (laughs) as she... She, you know, just just keep keep going with the acts. Oh, you, you you did you have a nice day? Oh yes, I did. Thank you. She's nearly gone. She's nearly one, one, one. Oh yeah, yeah, it was great. Thank you. One, 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 and then a uh, few. She she's gone. Put the put the put the thing back down. Wonderful. Um, now now Beryl didn't want to go to her room, so she turned around, and um. <laughs> she came back um so i um i lost my mind and started humming the chariots of fire music which is uh the classic slow motion yeah. music yeah uh, dun, 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 which was terrible of me but i had to amuse myself at that point but other than that uh it was you know it was a lovely gig i did love doing those gigs they were they were really special because obviously ventriloquism uh, as such a traditional art form sparks mm. so much joy in in an older generation as well um, and when you can bring it to them, and also the fact that you walk in and they go, "Oh, young man," they're a bit, they're a bit, you know, uh, all the old women love it. If um, I was sixty years younger, <laughs> I'd like, right. yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I had um, one lady called Veronica uh, after a show. Uh, she said. Uh, Oh, oh, I, I, I really, I really did. In, that was very good. I really did enjoy that. And I went, oh, thank you so much, Veronica. That was that was lovely. Um, the only thing was, Veronica was asleep for the entire 45 minutes. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, you know. Best nap of my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, love a comedy nap. <laughs> Man. Oh, wow. That is great. Well, um, what are you currently, I mean, what are you current? Any current projects you're working on now, or anything that you have planned for the future? Um, you want to share? Uh, well, at the moment, I'm just sort of ticking along. I'm doing some uh, weekly, weekly gigs and stuff, little live things, uh, mm-hmm. and also creating some video content as a little job, which is quite nice. Um, I've got my backdrop; it's very professional. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm working on things. I'm sort of trying to trying to update my routines write some more jokes be a bit funny um and i'm thinking of a few new characters and a few new direction sort of ideas um in terms of things like instead of just the sort of what what i would refer to as mainstream nothing wrong with it uh shows that i do at the moment all sorts um there is also something i really like to do in a sort of more fringy style don't know if that reference translates but um more like what you'd see at like an art center in the uk so something that is a bit more like a small scale production show where i can be i can have a bit more of a an arc to my show as well as sort of ups and downs and maybe moments of uh, a possible moment of sincerity between me and my granddad which i can Mm. then obviously rip apart uh for comedic effect but um yeah i I like to explore uh, a full show that i could you know put on myself that would be that's sort of the next big project probably won't happen for a few years, but uh, just bouncing ideas around really. Wow. Phenomenal. Where can people find you? Where can um, people find me? Uh, well, uh, I was, I was going to say you can find me in here um, because I'm really witty as well. Uh, it's part of the job, um, but they can find me on. Yeah. <laughs> 
they can find me on facebook i it's i think it's at max fulham comedy because um mm. The, at Max Fulham on Facebook was already taken by someone who doesn't use their account anymore. So I'm trying to delete them from existence and yeah. use their little app. I get, oh, I get oh, that. Oh, yeah. oh that's so frustrating. Oh, um, but yeah, so uh, <laughs> currently sending a friend request to some other random Max Fulham going, are you, are you, hello, are you still uh, alive? Do you, uh, do you use your Facebook? Could I um, possibly just, could you like not, can you not, can you just go? Um, and then no. Twitter, uh, what am I talking about? Twitter is at Max Fulham. Instagram is at Max Fulham. YouTube is youtube.com slash something slash Max Fulham. Max Fulham, just type in Max Fulham. is uh, seen there. Uh, yeah. 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 yeah always appreciate a little a little view or a like or a or a share it's all it's all bonkers stuff it's all very bonkers i think sort of a a, a point of reference that a few americans at the convention said it was a bit python-esque i am a bit i do tend to go towards the the, the silly as well as the standard sort of duologue between me and a puppet i do tend to angle towards the silly not that you can tell though not that you can tell Sure. And then wrapping up here, what do you hope to see from the future of ventriloquism and from future events? Oh, oh, I like that question. That's a really good question. Um, I would like to see. Uh, oh, nearly said something then. Um, I would like to see uh, just more experimenting with the style, really. And uh, also a consciousness of what's gone before. I think it's really important to study what, what what's gone before. I watch a lot of you know old clips. I think that's so important because you can't you can't progress an art form without knowing what's gone before. So a knowledge of what's gone before, uh, innovating on what you can use. Uh, mm. Maybe look at um, you know I, I was I was thinking a lot. I have a few object puppets in my show, and the 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 sort of thinking behind that is it's a it's a similar transition that you saw with stage magic from big boxes and cheesy grins to uh, street magic, where it went to sort of uh, young people in hoodies with borrowed objects. It's yeah, I you know so there are a few things in my show. I have a talking pedal bin, um, and that's that that's come from a, a place of. I love puppets. Like I really love puppets, which is why I have too many, but I think it's quite cool to, to give, to give voices to ordinary objects and, and just play around with then can be done without a puppet because obviously originally way back when it was used to conjure up the spirits. So, you know, there's no limits on, on what you can do with it really. Yeah. And what do you hope to see from future ventriloquists, the youth? Oh, um, more of those masks because they are fab. Though, yeah, like when you put it on an audio and that you make them, and it's yeah. really funny. Uh, and they they say like, oh, "I want to dance." Oh, it's it break. Oh, it's it's wonderful. Um, yeah, more yeah, of them. Fifteen um, minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, but the, I mean, well talking to a fellow ventriloquist and fellow ventriloquists, it is mm -hmm. it is you know it's it's what I've been booked for on occasion uh but i'm sort of like oh I, I i feel like i feel like this whole virus thing will have drastically reduced like i, I don't want to use them any, i don't want to use them anymore um but uh I, I don't think i don't think i will be because i i wouldn't be comfortable putting that on my face so i don't, i wouldn't expect anyone else to put that on their face god it's got a bit grim hasn't it max lighten up um anyway what i'd like to see more from from future events i'd like to see more experimenting i'd like to see more uh, risky ideas i'd like to see uh more people 
stepping away from the norm, but not like uh, d- destroying it. And more people who are passionate for the art form, which is great to see because you do see people who are who mm-hmm. are passionate f- for the art, which is so so wonderful. Sure, absolutely, absolutely phenomenal. Max Fulham, thank you so much for joining us on Land and Live and for sharing your story. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. All right. Take care, guys. Thank you for tuning in. And thank you, Max, for being a part of this. Bye.